listening to Salam Doll, the podcast where Muslim women don't fit the stereotypes, we break them. I'm your host, Zara Pedersen. You can find this episode and the full archive of all the episodes on zarapedersen.com. Welcome to the show. Salam Doll, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am, as usual, super excited to sit down and record another episode for you guys and of course to introduce you guys or maybe for you reintroduce to you an amazing young woman who is so inspiring and incredible in what she does in life and I hope that she of course can inspire you to live your best life as well. Before I go ahead and introduce today's guest I do have a small announcement to make well small big I don't know what you want to call it I don't want to call it small because it sounds like it's so teeny tiny and it's not it's a big announcement I am hosting a free webinar and if you're listening to this episode in the first week of it being published then you will have time to sign up for this webinar this webinar that I'm hosting is all about anxiety and how to live a successful life despite of your anxiety And I'm hosting it on Tuesday, the 6th of April at 7.30 p.m. Central European time. That is 6.30 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And I believe it is 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Do double check the times, though, just to be safe uh, on your end, wherever you are in the world. However... I am hosting this um, webinar because I have, for those of you who don't know, been living with anxiety my whole entire life. I think with my therapist, we kind of backtrack my anxiety to the time I was like six or seven, like was my first, like what I recognize to be an anxiety or panic attack. Um, but it could have been before that, who knows, right? <laughs> but that's not relevant right now. The point is basically just for you guys to understand that I have been living with anxiety my whole life. And um, at this point, I am uh, taking medication to help me deal with my anxiety. But I have also done a lot of natural remedies and a lot of them I have been quite successful with Um, and I've found ways, tools, things and tips and everything that can help um, other people as well, not just myself, but have helped me live a better life with my anxiety and I want for you to be able to do the same. So in this webinar, I'm going to be speaking into how you can start understanding your anxiety. You can start recognizing some of the triggers for your anxiety. Uh, Also, when you should push your anxiety back and when you should take a step back. I've also, I'm also going to be sharing how you can um, share your anxiety with your family and friends, how you can speak about it to them, because I do know that that can be quite a difficult thing for a lot of people to do as well. I'll talk about some helpful lifestyle changes that does have an effect and an impact on your anxiety as well. And then, of course, we're going to talk about some of the natural versus the medicinal um, um, relief tactics so that you know what your options are. And there'll be um, a spot as well for Q&A. So that's what we're going to be doing during that webinar. And I really want to make a point of just... Um, telling everyone who's going to be listening into this podcast today in case you're sitting out there and you're struggling a lot with your anxiety please sis honey baby girl listen you don't have to be struggling on your own with it it is so much worse when you think you're alone with it so if you have any doubts about your anxiety if you're struggling a little bit with your anxiety if you know someone who's struggling with their anxiety please go ahead 
and look in the show notes of this episode and find the link where you can sign up. It is completely free and you're going to get a lot of resources, lots of tools and lots of help. And obviously, as I said, a chance for you to answer, ask your questions and get an answer as well. So it is going to be extremely valuable and I hope to see you there, inshallah. Now, <laughs> now we have come to the actual point of today's podcast, which is to introduce you guys to today's guest. So today I am speaking to Mecca Nandi. Mecca is an international co-wife coach for women worldwide. She's contributed her expertise in various workshops, seminars, and retreats, speaking on marital and polygyny issues and resolutions via her co-wife coaching sessions. She's been assisting women struggling with polygyny and marriage for more than 18 years now. Her main focus is to assist women towards holistically healing and helping them find her. Now her uh, for Mecca stands for Healthy Emotional Resilience. It's a program that she's running. Mecca has been married now for more than 24 years and she has been in polygyny for more of though for over 18 of those years so she does know what she's talking about i absolutely cannot wait for you guys to meet this gen uh, gem of a woman she is so energetic and you just you just want to laugh and smile when you're speaking to her so i do hope you enjoy without further ado here's mecca mecca salamu alaikum darling how are you i'm great how are you I'm very, very well. Had a very good day, as I told you just a minute ago, and I'm feeling very productive. And then I came here and said hello to you outside of Clubhouse, and your energy is contagious. I love it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited, and I'm, I'm really, again, like I said, I was so surprised, and I just had to introduce myself to you and also get to know you too. So I'm glad that that went really well. Yeah. So for those um, uh, who are listening in, you know, uh, just to give them a quick little brief, we met on Clubhouse, the new social app, I guess it is. Um, where Exclusive it, to Apple right now. Yes, that's true. Exclusive <laughs> to Apple, which is so random, but I guess that's what it is when you're beta testing or whatever this test is called. Um, yeah. So it's, a, it's an audio app. There's no visuals of the person other than the profile picture. And everything that you do in there is connecting with people through your voice. And it is amazing yes. Yes, <laughs> I have yes, become yes. such a fan I've only been there since mid-January and okay. I am so 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 happy with it I've made some amazing connections including you oh same here my dear <laughs> so for those of you uh I've given a little introduction to the listeners but um I'd like for them to hear about you in your own words so would you like to introduce yourself Absolutely. Okay. Well, my name is Mecca Nandi and I am, if you can hear my voice and my accent, I'm all the way in the U.S. of A um, <laughs> in uh, the Philadelphia area. And I am the co-wife coach. Okay. People always <laughs> ask me, well, what is that? What does that mean? And basically I am a polygyny educator where I help and help women who are in polygynous situations 
um, where they're either going into, coming out of, struggling with, wanting to learn more about polygyny. And you hear me say polygyny opposed to polygamy because polygamy is like a root word. It means that you have more than one spouse, meaning more than one husband, more than one wife. That's polygamy. But then you have the specific polygyny, which is a man having more than one wife. So that is what I do. I actually help women uh, heal and become fierce as well as educated on this particular topic in the most healthiest, emotional, resilient way possible. Hence me building my foundation on my coaching base is built upon her healthy emotional resilience. I love it. <laughs> I so love. I also, I went, uh, obviously I stalked you and everything when we connected it's and cool. I saw as well, you had the her and you yes. made it, you know, your thing. And I'm just like, oh my God, this bitch, she's so bad. I love it. <laughs> I <laughs> you know, I'm living for it. No, I am, so, I'm, I'm living for it. And also because, and I think I, so I'm, I'm kind, I, 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 consider myself a rebel and I love other sort of very rebe rebellious type women, not because you're going out there and rebelling the system, really, but just yes. have that something where they're like, you know, you know how we say in England, cheeky, you know, it's a little uh -huh. bit cheeky what you're doing. And I yes. love that. Yes. <laughs> I yes. love that. Um, also because you're doing it in such a professional way, because I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of a Muslim female Muslim life coach and then talking about being in a marriage with other wives, a exactly. co-wife, as you say, right? Right, right, yes. Absolutely. Yes, and you said a rebel. I guess I'm a, re a rebel with a cause because yes. my cause is to help with the healing of the hearts of, of the women across the globe. Yes, and I really love it also because um, I didn't actually, you, you've already taught me something and I think you've taught quite a few of the listeners already as well, something very important, which is the difference between polygamy and polygyny, yeah. which I didn't know. I didn't even know there was a difference. I, yeah. I just kind of assumed it was the same thing. So I've always talked about polyamorous relationship, polygamy, right. and I've spoken about, you know, whether or not a, a man can have four wives and all these things. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. already now you've already taught us a valuable lesson. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. I'm going to try and make sure that I remember that so that I can say the proper thing instead of. Yeah. <laughs> so no. I want to ask you about this because you are a first wife, correct? I am. Okay. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Okay. So me and my husband, we, uh, we were married, um, early it, it we were I was 17 he was 18 so we were married um at a young age right out of high school after we graduated and uh in our mid-20s is when polygyny was introduced to our marriage so of course chronologically speaking I'm the first wife but that's not a term that I like to throw out there unless I'm talking about where I came in as far as to our polygynous marriage because a lot of times women like to to toy with that term in an entitled way, like I'm the first wife, I am the wife, I am the better wife, I'm the best wife. No, you're just his first wife that he was married to, but it doesn't necessarily make you any more important than the other. You are important in his eyes for the reasons that you guys share, but it doesn't make you better than 
anybody else that may be a part of that polygynous marriage. Um, so yeah, so you only hear me talk about that in terms as far as just being chronologically the first wife, but I absolutely love the relationship that um, my husband and I have built over the years because he's not just my husband, he's my boo. He's, I will never say boo to him, but he's <laughs> my best friend. He's my confidant. He is my protector and all these other great titles. Um, and I don't feel less than being in a polygynous marriage because I'm one of three wives. So I don't feel any less than based off of the history that we have. And I'm quite sure that each of my co-wives can say the same thing because regardless of how long or short someone's history is, it's still your story. It's still your history. It's still your connection. And it's uniquely designed for you not to be compared to someone else's relationship or marriage and their history because that's for them. So that's how I look at being a first wife in a sense and so just to clarify you've you, you haven't you know you've been with your husband for many years correct yes yes it'll be 25 years inshallah in july 25 yeah inshallah oh, mashallah that's that's amazing say it again is that silver anniversary you know what i don't even know but i believe it is <laughs> I believe it is because I don't follow those terms. I mean, it's like, listen, we got 25 in. Let's get 25 more in, inshallah. Inshallah, I Yes, I will pray for that. And me, and <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm so, I'm, I love everything you've said. You've already, you've already spoken on so many different topics and I, I, would, I wish we could go into all of it in one go, but, you know, we'll try and, and, and make this as easy for you and for the listeners and, and yes. for myself as well, Absolutely. because I'm super eager here. Number one, you know, how you said, you know, I'm not the first wife. I am one of the wives, but chronologically, he married me first. I love that differentiation. Yes. Differentiation. I can't say that word. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. no, to, to make that clear, because you're absolutely right when you say that we, you know, in, 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 in our cultures, have a tendency to rank the wives based on who was married first and almost give each of the wives a role. Right. Um, that needs to be played into a little bit. You know, the first wife is the real wife. And I put in quotation marks for, for the listeners who can't see. Uh, the second wife is like the younger wife. The third wife, I can't remember what her role is. <laughs> Sorry. And the fourth yeah. wife is like the toy wife, the one that's just there for fun. Like that's that's the ones that I've heard, but I might be wrong. <laughs> wow. Damn. I was going to say it. Damn. Like, really? Wow. You know, this is, as I said again, this is obviously completely wrong, but this is how people, you know, look at it and then they want to yeah. place this, they want to do this hierarchy, a hierarchy, and they right. also want to do this whole give each wife a separate meaning mm -hmm. thing. And I yeah. think that's where it, it goes wrong and everybody gets a really weird and very wrong impression mm -hmm. of what it means Islamically to yeah. take on more than one wife. Absolutely. Can you speak into that a bit? So, wait a minute. Rephrase that again, because you said a lot. I and know. I'm going to make sure. 
I'm so sorry because I'm just so eager to get into this you see because as I said you know we in society want to place roles in first wife second wife third wife so on and then we want to place them into roles but we get it wrong Islamically because Islamically it's not about first wife second wife third wife it's about a man marrying two wives and it doesn't matter about who came first or second or third is still a wife, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Can you speak into that a little bit? Yes, because you have to understand each wife brings something uniquely designed to that particular marriage. Now, of course, there are some families who choose to be unified and they they work together and they're all together and everybody brings something different to the table. Just think of you're having a dinner party, right? Getting ready to go to the ladies' night, right? Everybody's yes. going to maybe bring a dish. Everybody's bringing maybe their favorite dish, like they're something that they're known for, that they've mastered, that they're really strong at making and everyone loves it. But it doesn't take away from the other dishes that other people brought. You're just able to jo- enjoy that one particular dish from that person and then you can enjoy the other one, like maybe... I'm bringing biryani, okay? I'm bringing a biryani, and then someone else is bringing like some 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 dal, and then another person is making like homemade naan. I'm getting hungry, okay? And, <laughs> you know, homemade garlic naan, and then you have another person who's bringing like this really delicious drink that is non-alcoholic, of course, and that is like absolutely like just just like delish. And you're looking at your plate and you're like, oh my gosh, everything looks beautiful. Everything looks great. Everything what? Tastes great on their own. The same thing goes within a polygynous marriage where you have wife one, wife two, wife three, and possibly wife four. And one in each and every one of those wives brings something uniquely designed that that connects them with that husband in their own unique way without taking away from the other women. You mm. know, the dishes that we were talking about, it doesn't mean like, oh, that dal was good, but mm, that biryani just made it like, it just just defeated it. Like some people do that too, which is not necessarily the right thing to do because how are you going to compare a biryani to a dal? You compare a dal to a dal mm. or you compare a biryani with another biryani to see which one is best. But even within that, even with that case, everyone again brings something different. Even when you're making the same dish, me and you can have a recipe. We can be following a cookbook, right? And we'll make the same recipe, line for line, ingredient for ingredient, like to the T. And guess what? When we when we exchange and we taste each other's dishes, and then we'll we'll taste our own, we'll still see that they still what taste a little different. Even though we follow the same recipe, they still taste a little different because there's something that we add. It's that je ne sais quoi, it's that thing, that special thing that you have that may come and exude from your energy, you know, that may add that additional uh, ingredient of love or, you know, just passion or, you know, just the thriving of really enjoying the dish. And maybe you might just add, you know, some of that may ooze into the dish, figuratively speaking. The same thing goes with the women. We have something that is uniquely designed for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has what? He, he's u- uniquely designed each and every person. Even two people who are identical twins, they're still uniquely designed in their own way. Like they're not completely identical. Mm. 
So, and and even if they are completely identical on the on the exterior, interior, the the inter internal parts of them is different. One may like to, you know, uh, run track. The other one is a book, you know, like she's like really into books, mm. you know, it doesn't make them any better. It's just that that's something that they uniquely share, you know, or they like to do. Mm. Me and my co-wives mm. like me, for instance, I'll give you an example of real life example. I am very colorful, very animated, very bubbly, very, uh, I am so an extrovert, okay? <laughs> you know, where I have another co-wife who is ambidextrous as far as she's an introvert and, a, and an extrovert. So you can balance on two. And then I have my other co-wife who is an extreme introvert. Mm. We are all different in our own ways, but it doesn't yeah, yeah, take yeah. away our connection. It doesn't take away from the connection that we all have with him. It actually adds more to our connection. Like our me and my husband's connection is uniquely designed with, uh, you know, between the two of us and the same thing for my co-wives. And it's up to the man to, to do his due diligence and making sure that each and every one of those women feel special. Which I can honestly say that that's something that my husband is really great at doing, because even though I know that there are other two other women that I share him with, when we are together, it's me and him. And I feel extremely special at, in that moment. And I'm quite mm -hmm. sure that that is also the same for my co-wives. Oh, that's wonderful. And I love how you explained it because you I gained knowledge and I also gained a bit of a hunger. I feel yeah, like... me too, girl. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but, but I love how you say it. Um because everybody is individual and everybody brings something to yeah. to the table, you know. I I know that I know that I would be doing the listeners a disfavor if I didn't ask some questions. And I hope like if if you don't want to talk about your own private situation, then you can always just speak of it sort of more in general terms of how you coach uh, the women who are interested in the polygynous sure. relationships or marriages. Because um, we don't do relationships; we only do marriages. We make a halal, right? Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so I would love to know. Um, so you were chronologically the one who got married to your husband first. How how did the conversation come about of even bringing one wife, let alone another one, into the already established marriage? You know, how does that go about? Whose <laughs> idea was it? What was your reaction? What did he say? It's a whole thing. <laughs> well, he comes from a polygynist family. So oh, cool. it wasn't like I was oblivious, like, to the possibilities of this being a part of my marriage because of his family structure. And I love his family. Um, and I, I was like, oh, okay, this is polygyny. Or I was at the time I was just saying, this is polygamy, but you know, this is polygyny. And this is something that he also mentioned. He was like, this is very possible. Like he said this in the beginning, it's very possible that this may be something that I would possibly practice. And I said, okay, now, that right there within itself, that honesty in the beginning was very eye-opening. Um, and it allowed me to do research, to look into, you know, what this thing is, and also to have the conversations with him over the years before it became a part of our reality and our family. So, mm -hmm. so, and so to be honest with you, the first introduction was his family before we got married. And I was fine with that. And him being up front, 
I was fine with that and us having the conversation. So once the decision was made to actually uh, marry another wife, I was like, okay, I'm all for it. Like I was very supportive of it. Mashallah, I have to say, I think, you know, because you, you asked me when we first spoke over on Clubhouse, um, mm-hmm. you know, how I would feel about it. And, I was, and my reaction was like, oh, you know what, good for you. I don't think I'm going to have it. You know, and, I, I, and I'm sure you're getting that reaction a lot from mm-hmm. Muslim women. Yes. Uh, well, from any woman, more, more or less, you know. Right. Um, you know, how, how, does, how does that feel? To, to, I, it's, it's, I think for, for me, the 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 perspective you know i'm i'm newly wed i've we're, we're coming up for to a year this april oh, congratulations um, and it was, it was babies. Oh. <laughs> this is his, this is his third marriage this is my first marriage okay. i'm 34 he's 36 so you know we're not young spring chicken either <laughs> so, but oh, I'm, I'm, still trying, I'm trying to put it into my perspective and i'm thinking well what would i do if my husband came and quite mm-hmm. seriously asked me for a second wife i think I don't think I could. <laughs> right, so and a lot of women say have that. to be very accepting as a person to be able to share your husband, you know? Right. Now, it's like you have to be not just accepting to sharing your wife, but accepting to the possible qadr that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is placing before you. Because sometimes we fall uh, short of realizing that. It's like you have to understand that this is, this is real life. And Allah is going to test you through so many different things. And mm. we get so caught up in my, 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 he belongs to me, or just how things are practiced based off of what we're used to, like that has been giving to us as what is supposed to be the normalcy of things. So mm. when polygyny is even brought to the table for discussion, a lot of women, they frown upon it, they shun it, and they shoo it away. Like, don't bring me that. Don't bring that to this this conversation. Don't bring that to our table. So, of course, you're already going to tell yourself that this is not for me. Because guess what happens when you tell yourself that? You're not allowing yourself to even be open to the, the, the possibilities of how it's supposed to help you. Yes, polygyny can help you, absolutely. How it's supposed to help you, how it actually is placing you towards another path or level of growth within yourself. Mm. What you tell yourself is what you believe and what you believe is how you see and react towards things. You ever tell yourself that you can't do something and you realize, you say that I can't do it, I can't, I can't. And then one day you realize, you're like, you know what? Let me just give it a try. You give it a try and then you see that there's other options and other ways of approaching the situation that actually shows you that you can do it. But Mm. when you tell yourself you can't, you're already building up the mental block and wall of you not even being able to see other ways or other forms of figuring it out or seeing how how it's supposed to go or seeing where it's leading you to. So that right there within itself, that comment is 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 that comment of I can't, I don't think I can, or I'm too jealous, or all of those different things are they could be that that may be how you feel at the moment, but it is really blocking you from your possible blessings yeah. if you only knew. Yeah. I love that answer. I do love it because I do agree with it. 
you know, this is as a coach, this is what I tell women as well. You know, that if you already believe that you can't and you keep telling yourself that you can't, then of course you can't because you've exactly. already blocked yourself from it. So it, of course it makes so much sense. I want to speak into that a little bit, or I'd love for you to speak into that a little bit. And I'd love to ask you, why do you think, because this is, and we, we all acknowledge that this is a part of our faith. You know, it's not that every man has to take on four wives, but we know that it's part of our faiths, that it is halal for us to do this. It is halal for a man to take on four wives. Of course, there's regulations around how the man can treat the wives and all these things, but but it's halal, you can do it. So why are we treating it as something that is, you know, unheard of and oh my gosh, and like what what what's happened? Emotions, ego, and emotions. Mm. And those are all three E's. And I know I said the same word twice because mm. emotions is a powerful and sometimes even dangerous things. It could be a dangerous thing. It can be a very empowering thing. It is definitely powerful. And when we don't know how to direct or navigate through those emotions, it will mislead you to the wrong things. You know, so I, I, I really feel like when we get to the points of being honest with ourselves and also being honest with him, because yes, you may feel that way. You may feel emotional about it. And that's not something that you want to do, but no one rarely do you hear women ask, well, why do you want this? What is your, what is your reasons behind this? Like trying to understand him, like at points women, and I'm not saying all women, but a lot of women, they don't really care. And they will say, I don't care what he feels. I don't care why he wants to do this. This is not happening. You know, when you don't care to know about the, the emotional inclinations of your spouse, that becomes problematic because at that point, are you in the relationship with this person just, you know, to get what you need to receive and not necessarily build a connection with your husband, like I, if you heard me earlier, I said that my husband, he doesn't have just the title of husband. He has a lot of different titles in my life, you know, mm -hmm. but there's some women who just hold the title of husband and that's it. So it's understandable that they really don't care because their connection with that man is just that. Because yeah. when you're, when your friends feel a certain way, don't you know, don't you want to ask, why do you feel this way? What made you feel that way? Then you try to get an understanding of that. So when your emotions and your heart is involved in your ego, then at this point, it doesn't matter what anybody else feels or thinks or want to do. It's all about who? You. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can I can completely agree with you on that because I think it is, you know, that as the world progresses, we are becoming more egocentric for yeah. better and worse. Yeah. And we're also uh, coming to a more of an emotional acceptance. You know, it's OK for us to feel certain ways. If, if, our, if we feel certain ways, then we're entitled to certain things and so on and so forth. And I do think that although there's some good things about that evolution, there's also some bad things about it as well. And I think it's one of those things, you know, um, where it can kind of get in the way of us keeping an open mind to things that perhaps are helpful to us. So I might be speaking completely wrong here, but because I haven't really done the, like the, 
recently my research but you know back like back in the day I used to think well, not even that far ago but, but you know we'll call it back in the day just to uh-huh. kind of make it sound better but back in the day I used to be like well you know it was written in the Quran and you know that we that men could have four wives because it was written in a time when you know there was a lot of poverty war men died a lot younger and so there was a lot of widows a lot of single women and so naturally you know to be provided for he was like well of course a man can have several wives because then he can provide for more women um but then at the same time we're looking at today and there are in the world i'm pretty sure at least there's more women being born than men so already now in the world there's a lack of men and an overflow of women Um, right so so realistically as well if i was to use the same logic as i've used in the past you know it could be applied now as well you know there are more women than there are men in the world so why wouldn't the logic apply to that as well does it make sense? It does, but that's where the ego comes into play and that's where the ego blocks and that's where that word can't blocks you from even being able to see those different uh, theories that make sense. Mm-hmm. It really does make sense. And also it's just like people like you, like you initially mentioned before, there's women who say, yes, well, that was back in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But um, the way that the Quran was created, it wasn't just for, it wasn't just specifically talking about the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was talking about time period. Because if you see, things continue to occur or reoccur in life. I'm quite sure in your lifetime, you've seen things in your younger years that has faded away. And then maybe in your mid twenties or early thirties, you see that it made, it, it's made a comeback. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been recycled, whether it's trends or clothes or terms or whatever, those things recycle. So do life circumstances. So does the way that things may be within society. You know, just because we're not necessarily, you know, we're not living in in the, the exact same way of that time, it does not necessarily mean that that time will not again reoccur just with a different uh, mm. setting surrounding and uh, a few years added on to the calendar. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful way of putting it. And, and and I love your perspective on it. I really do. And I super appreciate you sharing it because I really think that a lot of people can really, even if they might not agree, you know, at least reflect on what you're saying, because what you're saying is worth reflecting on. And I, right. and I, I super appreciate you for mentioning it. I think if nothing else, you know, just meeting you, honestly, Mecca, just meeting you, it, it's not to say that I, you know, that I would potentially go out and, and be uh, in a in a polygynous marriage, but I think what it has done, just hearing from you and everything, is just kind of opening my mind to it. It's less judgmental around it right. because, you know, I used to be very judgmental around it. I had a friend back in London um, who shall remain nameless <laughs> because it's, she's it's not that important. But she um, asked me once if I would like to go with with her to an event where you could meet 
other couple this was an islamic event by the way yeah you can meet other couples so you know potentially be wife number two right and i just remember you know my everything inside me was cringing and i was feeling mm. like oh no how ew, why do you want me to go and right. I'm thinking and that i would and and i remember feeling so sorry for her because i was thinking in my mind back then i was thinking the poor girl doesn't think she's worthy of having her own husband or something mm. like that was my mindset right mm -hmm. And in reality, I'm like, but if if this is what she really genuinely wants and it's an opportunity for us and it's it's a real thing for her, a real right. option, then right. who am I, first of all, to judge? I mean, shame right. on me. But also, you know, it, I think it was just, you know, thinking back now, I'm I'm just so appalled at myself for that reaction. But I know it's such a common reaction as well. But don't look at it as being, don't be appalled with yourself because if anything, look at that and now as a blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is bestowing upon you to see as far as with just growth of awareness and knowledge. And again, like I said before, I think um, um, when we were in Clubhouse, I'm not a polygynous advocate not trying to press this lifestyle on anyone. It's more of a, I'm an educator of this particular lifestyle and an educator for women to be able to navigate through themselves, through their internal selves, to be able to find a better version of themselves going through or coming out or while being in a polygynous situation. So I'm glad, so so don't be appalled, be, be, be grateful. A lot, there's a, a hadith where um, Abu Hurairah anhu, stated that the Prophet وسلم, said that if, if Allah wants to place mercy upon his creation, he will place trials in their lives. The mm. trials and the challenges and the hardships that we go through are surrounded by Allah's mercy if only we knew. Yeah. And if we're only open to that. So just because something may have been trying then and you see how you were then, you see that you're not the same now. That is Allah's mercy. That, Allah, that is Allah's guidance. That is Allah's rewards and blessings upon you and your growth and your growing forward. So don't be appalled, but be grateful of the growth that you're able to witness because there's a lot of people who are not able to witness that because they're still in ignorance. And it's not to sit here and say that people are, when I say ignorance, you don't know. You don't have the, the education. You don't have the clarity. You don't have the knowledge. But now you're open to the knowledge or you've gained knowledge over time. And of course, that behavior or that mindset makes you feel shame, which is something that people don't experience most times but even in that shame there's still mercy because there's growth so you mm. say alhamdulillah for such mm. a beautiful beautiful growing forward alhamdulillah so don't be appalled my dear oh, I wish no, you could thank, see you that. thank you for that perspective yes. you know that's a beautiful um perspective and it is you know just listening to that and being reminded of that as well as like yes. my heart kind of like you know when it takes a big breath and it's like oh yeah this is why I'm Muslim. I, you know, sometimes you need that reminder of like God's mercy and yes, I have you know, how things work out. 
Yes. So thank you for that. Jazakallah khair. Um, I kind of want to move on a little bit um, to sure. something else in the conversation and talk a little bit maybe around the practicalities of being in uh, a polygynous uh, marriage. And I think the first thing that I'd like, if if you you are okay with it, is speaking a little bit into what it actually says in the Quran about polygynous marriages because I think one of the biggest mis misunderstandings or points of contempt is, well, this is just for greedy men and then he can have sex with somebody else and then you're sitting there. You know, there's a lot of misunderstandings around it, right? So right. can you speak into what it actually says in the Quran about these marriages? Well, I mean, it doesn't speak extensively into it, but I know that there is a part, a portion, a portion, a portion of it where the, a lot of women like to say, well, you know that it is permissible. You can have one, two or three, but if you cannot do, if you cannot deal justly, you know, between them then one is best if you only knew. And a lot of women run with that, like, yeah, I want to say one is best. Okay. <laughs> no. It, so it's just like, if you, if that man is able, able to, to take care of more than one, then he has to make sure that he's able to financially and emotionally and physically, you know, be there for those women. And mm -hmm. If he's able to do that, then alhamdulillah. But it's just like, if you don't, if you can't deal with them justly, not equally, because you don't want to treat any of your wives equally. And what I mean by that is there's things that my co-wives are into or like that I'm not into or that I don't like. Don't give me, you know, the, I don't want to watch the football game with you. That's not, I'm not into that. So I don't want our time to be watching sports. That's my other co-wife, you know. I, instead, you know, let's watch like, a, you know, something else or whatever I'm into, or whatever we share together. So justly being just yeah. um, is extremely important. But at the same time, you have to also understand that men don't run to polygyny just for sex. And women have to get that out their head. Um, as far as always allowing that to be the very first thing. Now, if for some reason, if a man or men do go to it because they are not being sexually satisfied, they're not wrong for that neither. And it's to say that, and I, and I don't even want to say sexually, because it could be intimately. And intimacy mm -hmm. is not always sexual. And if for some reason, if he does not feel that he's getting that from home, he's not wrong for wanting to look into something like polygyny in order to cover or safeguard himself from doing something that will be displeasing unto Allah. So, so I have to ask in that, because mm -hmm. I think not just with the sex, but I think, you know, it's a, I guess it's just the topic right now, but yeah. uh, the example right now, but it, I think a lot of women and I can, I can feel myself also having the question, well, what if it was a woman who like the wife who's not pleased, she can't just go out and, you this know, herself another husband. So shouldn't it be more that 
you work on it as a couple rather than right. going finding another one who yes. is because the wife doesn't have that option. That is absolutely true. And, and I didn't even get a chance to say that part, but it is oh, something. No, 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 you're fine. But it is something that obviously you worked on, you talked about, it was discussed. Now, sometimes men are not as great on that part than women are. Women, we have no problem with telling you how we feel. If you're not feeling satisfied, then in a in a respectful way, of course, because mm-hmm. men they 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 do have emotions too. Um, you can address that or try to talk about that or try to figure things out, take certain um uh courses um with you know women who are out there. Like, I mean, there's listen, there's some amazing women that could actually help you even through that process. Um along with brothers that are out there that's helping other brothers through that process. So of course, being able to have those conversations is extremely important. Now, as far as with a man feeling that way and and wanting to do that, that's different than a woman because the way we have to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he designed us differently as far as just gender wise. You know, women are wired differently than men, you know, and you always hear about that, 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 the ayah in the Quran where, where Allah created us, you know, um, equally or no, it's like we're, we're, we're created equally, but for some reason, and I'm just paraphrasing it, but men have one thing that was, they were given one thing. I want, now I want to look for disorder. So I can, <laughs> but it was like, they're given that one thing that's, that, that is more or, or different than a woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if I'm chopping up that, that sort of, cause I know, again, I'm paraphrasing it, but it, I always, a lot of times people look at it and says, oh, well it's strength, but there's some women who are stronger than men, you know, yeah. physically. So is it really strength? Or could it be the capabilities of being able to to handle more than one wife or one woman? I don't know. I like I I, I like to play with that in my head and be like, is that it? I don't know. But it's just mm. like they have something that's up on women that we don't have. Just like we have some things that yeah. they, they they can't do or whatever. But my thing is, I want to as women to stop going tit for tat. Well, yeah. he can have more than one wife. One more than one wife. Why can't I have more than one husband? Because you can't. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like, you know, there's so many different like variables that goes along with being with more than one man that a woman, it would be just freaking confusing, okay? It would mm. be freaking confusing. Like at this point, who's the leader? Who's the leader of the, the the family? Like, you know, men are normally the leaders of their family, their household, so on and so forth. You got more than one husband. Who's leading you? Because mm. you might have a man mm. that's telling you to do one thing. Another man is telling you to do the opposite of the other one. And then you, it just, and then we're not going to even talk about, like, if you get pregnant, who's the daddy? And so you get that. It's like so many just different things. It's just, it's, it's just, no. Like, we have to mm. stop wanting to always, it's, it reminds me of kids, like, you know, if you have an eight-year-old and you have a 16-year-old and the 16-year-old can do things that the eight-year-old can't do. Well, well I want to be able to do that. 
Mm. Do you really, or do you just really see it as it being they're they're doing something that you obviously you know you can't do and you think is unfair? Yeah, a little bit of fear of missing out there. <laughs> yes, yes, no. Yeah, I think a lot of that. Yeah, but, I think a lot of it, as you're saying, is like it's at the end of the day, it comes back to, you know, having faith in Allah, you know, and, and yes. trusting in God's word. And and I think there's yes. so many examples like, well, why can't we eat pig? Well, because we can't. Why can't we have alcohol? Because we can't. And then some of the things we can logically rationalize and in our heads and, and, and make our excuses for. But at the end of the day, it's with ourselves that we have to make it. As you said, you like to sit and have fun with those thoughts in your head, you know, right. um, because to you, it is you know, this is part of, of, of Islam and it's, it's part of your life. And so, right. you know, instead of continuously trying to argue against it, it's like, we'll try and argue for it, you know, right. because Allah said it and Allah doesn't say anything wrong. Exactly. <laughs> and just because you don't it. understand it now, doesn't, I mean, he knows what will we know not. Mm, mm, mm. He knows what we know not. This is where you're trusting your faith in your Lord is at, at, at task now. Like, mm. Is, are you fully trusting and having faith in Allah that he's not going to misguide you yes, at the exactly. end of the day, you yeah. know? So, yeah. I want to I wanna ask uh, as well uh, your opinion uh, on sort of the future of, of you know, pol uh, polygynous uh, marriages in today's age because you said you're in Philadelphia and I don't know what the law in Philadelphia is around a man being married to several wives. I know here in Denmark, it's illegal. Mm -hmm. um, but then at the same time, you know, a, an Islamic nikah uh, is an right. illegal ceremony. Right. But, uh, but I, I just, I'm just wondering sort of what your take on these types of relationships or marriages are in the future, because we are, some of us living in countries that are against it, where it is directly illegal mm -hmm. to go out and have several right. marriages. Right now, you but you just kind of answered it um, when you said that, you know, is that like an Islamic nikah, it's the contract. It's not like legally done through the, the state or the country or whatever. But at the same time, it's obviously a, 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 a marriage that you still have the the I mean, it's still legitimate in mm. the eyes of Allah. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's that. And as far as anyone questioning the legitimacy of your marriage, I mean, they can do whatever. You know what was done. It was done the proper way Islamically. That's all that matters. So, mm. I mean, is that something that we hide? No. You know, my husband will go out with all of his wives or two out of the three of his wives. And he will say, this is my wife. This is my other wife. And this is my other wife over here. And mm. without without no shame or trying to hide anything yeah and i think that's the thing isn't it i think um because yeah I, you know it, it's not a legal ceremony but obviously it's the important ceremony because we can be right. married legally by a state but if we haven't done the nikah then our marriage right. is void, it's haram right. you know in the eyes of allah and that's the one that matters i guess it's the um going out because it's this there's really it's either getting married, you know, doing it Islamically, mm -hmm. doing lawfully, and actually taking yeah. the, the woman as a wife. Mm -hmm. And then the other option is what we're seeing, which is, uh, quote unquote, the more accepted version of this in non-Islamic and I guess also some Islamic households where the guy is having an affair 
and the woman knows but you know kind of letting it slide because I don't know the kids I think that's is crazy like why okay with an affair but you have a problem with him actually making a commitment and being responsible for another family yeah, like I, I was just going to say just really quickly because I know some people might come for me. I'm not saying that all women are going to be okay. I'm just saying there are women out there. Oh, no, are. I know too. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, oh, I because they just think it's a fling. There is, like com- them thinking it is a fling and it's going to be short term, like, okay, let him get it out of his system, you know, mm. opposed to him actually having this emotional connection with this other woman that is not just there temporarily, but that he's actually being responsible for and caring for alongside with her. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I absolutely agree. And I think if I had to choose between the two, I'd definitely choose the Islamic route. Yeah. Sure. I'll take Islamic for 500. Thanks, Sally. You yes. another sister out of it. If nothing else, you know, I've already yes. got three, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what's one more <laughs> what's one more listen um mecca we're coming up on time i'm afraid i know i could continue talking with you about this subject and i would love to actually if you would love to come on another time and we can discuss the other things a little bit more in depth yes. but before uh we're rounding up i'd love to give you an opportunity to you know let the listeners know where they can connect with you if somebody wants to work with you what you're offering things like that no problem. So you can definitely find me on um on the majority of social media platforms. I am on Facebook. Um, I actually have a plethora of videos and lives that I did on Facebook. I have a page that's called Mecca the Co-Wife Coach, um, where you can find all of those videos. I literally did video like lives for about 15 months every day. So there's a lot of different lives on there. Um, I am also on Instagram, Mecca underscore Nandi, N-A-N-D-I. And I also have a website, MeccaNandi.com. And I'm on Clubhouse as at Mecca Nandi. Now, I actually have some awesome news, too, to share um, where I'm doing an actual masterclass. It's a co-wife coaching masterclass that's going to be a 12-month program where we're going to dive into it. There's going to be so much information that's going to be offered as far as different videos, as well as worksheets. There's going to be assignments. There's going to be projects. There's going to be, we're going to do live um, uh, Q and A's and stuff like that each month. And I, um, that information is going to be shared um, sometime in March for it to be, um, for actually to, to, to get started after Ramadan, inshallah. Okay. So look for that. And, and there also there's, there's a co-wife coach. Um, the, I'm sorry, the co-wife, the co-wives retreat. So I have the mm-hmm. co-wives retreat that was supposed to be, uh, last year, March of 2020, but of course, COVID came and kind of <laughs> shut everything down on us. So it's been pushed to August of 2021, where there's, we're going to be, I'm going to actually, if if all goes well, inshallah, there's going to be those who register that I'm still going to be able to do live. But of course, you know, with the, the COVID protocols, as far as meeting restrictions, and I'm also going to 
um, have a live version of the co-wife, uh, co I'm sorry, the co-wives retreat where there's going to be some things that'll be offered for you guys. Cause the retreat within itself is not just us sitting in a room and, you know, just talking all day. No, there's activities. We're talking ax throwing. We're talking <laughs> breaking things at like a wrecking room. We're talking different activities as far as escape rooms to, to be able to learn about team building. Um, uh, uh, techniques and stuff like that as far as when it comes to working with your family. So it's going to be like a lot of different activities, hands-on activities, as well as um, workshops that we're going to be doing. But of course, virtually you can't join, you know, the, the axe throwing and all those great things <laughs> that'll be only in port person. But this is going to be an annual retreat. So even if you attend virtually this year, inshallah, 2022 or 2023, whenever the world opens up for us to come back out again, you'll be able to do this because this is an annual retreat, inshallah. So those what that that's what I have coming up as of right now. Oh, and also, I'm sorry, I also have um a group uh called Her Mighty Village, which mm -hmm. um is a private group or a secret group where we do group sessions, we communicate with each other every day, where it's not just focusing on just polygyny, but it's focusing focusing on her, meaning that healthy emotional resilience and the whole woman being able to help and heal the whole woman emotionally, mentally, physically, and psychologically. So mm -hmm. those are those are just some of the things that I, I got going on now. And if you're interested, feel free to hit me up on any of those platforms. MashaAllah, you are keeping busy. Yes, yes, <laughs> That's impressive. And of course, we're going to link uh, everything in the show notes so that you can go and find it with a lot of ease if you're listening and you have an interest in joining any of the things or just connecting with Mecca and hitting her up on one more the thing. Socials. I forgot yes, one important ahead. thing. For anybody that does not is not interested in any of those things, but they just want to talk with me directly, you can. I have an advice line, and I'll make sure that the link will be. Um, you'll have the link, but it's uh, on Clarity Clarity.fm backslash Mechanandi, where you can schedule a call with me at any time, twenty four seven, um, to to have an advice line. I'm sorry to have an advice call or an emergency call on there as well. That's very impressive. That's so good of you. Jazakallah khair for that and for all of the work that you're doing. I mean, I am I feel so grateful and so blessed to have met you and connected with you. I mean, this is this is really why I'm such a big fan of Clubhouse because I would have never found you otherwise. And How about that? Yes, yeah. I know. So I'm, I'm so grateful that you took the time to come on the podcast. I know, I know that there's going to be so many listeners out there who's going to learn so many new things about this and this is exactly what we want as you said this is education it's not about getting people to enter these types of marriages it's about educating themselves about yes. it you know yes. and that is so important so Mecca thank you so so much for being on the podcast today it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you for the opportunity I My appreciate pleasure. you as well my pleasure. So um, I will speak to you hopefully very soon on Clubhouse. Assalamu alaikum. Yes. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. If you want to connect with me elsewhere, you can find the links to my socials on zarapedison.com. Before you go, I'd love it if you could leave me a review or tell a friend about the podcast. And if you're new here, you might as well subscribe. You'll be back. I know it. You know it. There's no point in delaying the commitment. Welcome to the sisterhood, babe. Until next time, please don't forget to live in love.